on this episode of the VIP Podcast. I'm your host and sitting down with Major General Craig Weldon. And we're going to be talking to him as Craig Weldon today. You can find him at craigweldon.com. That's W-H-E-L-D-E-E, Echo November.com. craigweldon.com. You'll hear me say it throughout the episode. He served over 30 years in the United States Army, rose to the rank of Major General, served in the private sector in a variety of different ways before coming back into the senior executive services with the United States Marine Corps, which I'm the Marine, so thank you very much for that, sir. Mr. Craig Weldon, or sir, is now working as a motivational speaker, and you can hire him, you can bring him into the events, you can check out everything that he is about, go to Craig weldon.com to get the full bio and backstory but for our 5p listeners out there you know how this works we're going to be asking the good general here what his 5p is in his mission moving forward so without further ado sir major general craig weldon thank you and welcome for joining us on the 5p podcast thank you michael it's a pleasure to be here excellent well, we were just chatting a little bit before we got started on this and I'm very interested in hearing the problem opportunity, the enemy situation that you're targeting out there. What's the problem you're focused on? Well, uh, you know, somebody asked me about two years ago, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I said, uh, <laughs> I knew that I was approaching retirement because I was in Hawaii. Uh, I was the executive director of Marine Corps Forces Pacific. You can see the Marine Corps flag behind me and the, the SES right. flag to the American Army and two-star flag. In any case, uh, I said, I want to give back what I've learned over the course of about 50 years to the next generation. If I leave no other legacy, it's that I pass on both the good and the bad in ways that are beneficial to people who are coming behind me. And I think that's really one of the best legacies you can leave for anyone. And they said, well, then you need a book. And I said, a book? Are you kidding me? I can't write a book. And they said, yeah. He said, it, it really helps to open doors. And the more I thought about that, uh, the more I thought, well, maybe I can write a book. Well, I ended up writing a book. It's turned out to be a, a pretty good uh, number one bestseller, five countries across the, uh, the world. It's won a couple of awards and uh, thousands and thousands of copies have gone out to people uh, all over the world. Uh, and then I really used the book to spin into uh, engagements with younger people. And what do I mean by younger people? I'm 68 years old, so anybody who's 67 or below is a younger person to me. But I spent five years, uh, actually six years of my time with the Marine Corps mentoring a Department of Defense course called Executive Leader Development Program. And once a, once a year, for one week, I would travel with 65 students, very highly uh, motivated, very, very talented young people, who were very ambitious as well, trying to climb the corporate ladder. And I would spend a week with them. And I would give them a presentation at the front end called a potpourri of thoughts on leadership and other stuff. And then I'd spend the week with them uh, either in small groups or individuals. And that was probably the most satisfying week of my year for the last six years. And that's really what I wanted to do when I got uh, back out of federal service, back into the private sector, was to give back in some way. And for corporate America, if they'd like uh, to have me come do that, I'm happy to do that. But I also give back to nonprofit organizations, uh, to service organizations. Uh, in February, before the coronavirus 
thing hit, I was in Los Angeles at the LA Fire Department's Leadership Academy at a wonderful time with 50 students there who were trying to climb their own corporate ladder. And all they paid was the uh, travel and expenses to get there and back. And they bought 50 copies of my book. I find that most audiences that I speak to are very interested in the book uh, because I talk about what's in the book. And so uh, almost without fail, the audiences buy my book for all of the attendees. Now to your question, the five Ps. You know, the five paragraph field order for those who have spent time in the, mil uh, in the military is second nature. Uh, we right. learn it early on in our life, we use it daily and it becomes embedded in our DNA in a way that we actually use it in our personal life as well. Absolutely. Even it's, <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. You know, situation, mission, execution, logistics, command and control, signal. Those are all the components of putting together an operation uh, to execute just about anything. And so I commend you for taking that principle that you learned in the military and trying to uh, get it into the commercial and the, and the civilian world because it really does work for just about anything you want to do. The military are probably the best planners on the planet uh, because that's what they do all the time. Um, but oh, we yeah. have been occasionally accused of fighting the last war. And so, you know, we have to be very cognizant of the fact that our enemy uh, or the other side that we're competing with oftentimes tries to um, get one step in front of us. I was the deputy director for operations in the National Military Command Center as a one-star general. I wore keys around my neck. Uh, my deputy and I were responsible for sending messages to the nuclear forces to launch Armageddon or World War III. And we practiced right. blowing up the world regularly. This is in 1996 to 98. I didn't realize until three years after I left that job that the adversary, uh, after we had spent billions and billions and billions of dollars in creating this deterrent against a nuclear attack, would find a way to get their nose underneath our tent and attack us with box cutters and airplane tickets. Right. And that's what happened on 9-11. So it was amazing to watch the adaptable capabilities of our enemies, and they are constantly looking, how are we defending and how do I get around that defense? Just as we are with the other side. So oh, the yeah. five paragraph field order is uh, uh, a classic planning technique, which I think can be applied uh, to just about every situation. Before I go into my own situation, let me add one piece. We, we introduced in the mid eighties, a thing called commander's intent to paragraph three execution. And prior to that, we didn't have commander's intent. It was just, here's execution, concept of operations and the subordinate unit instructions and so forth and so on. And we would detail and spell out in great detail exactly what we wanted somebody to do. And what we realized, I think, in the early 80s was that we were tying the hands of our subordinates. So we introduced this thing called um, Commander's Intent, which at the time, many people thought was kind of unique and different, uh, when in fact it has been around a long, long time. In Germany, right. they called it Ausdruck Taktik, and it's been around since the 19th century. And the Germans mastered the ability to tell people what their 
original objective is uh, rather than how to get there. Here's, here's my intent, because I know that when the first shot is fired, things will get very confusing, communications will break down, and I wanna make sure that my team, my subordinates understand where I'm trying to take this operation, what's the ultimate objective, so that when they lose the ability to talk to me directly and get guidance, they can proceed on their own because they understand ultimately what the objective is. And so um, commander's intent was um, introduced in the mid eighties. Uh, it was very, very important that the commander, the person in charge, the CEO in civilian parlance communicates to his or her team exactly what the objective is at the end state. So that when things go wrong, particularly in a large organization where communications is more complex and uh, at more brittle, that those that are on the front lines who have the ability to influence the strategic sergeant, as we've learned in recent years, can shape the strategy for the entire nation. You know, one soldier, one sergeant, one leader on the front line making a decision to go left instead of right when his order said go right, but he saw that the situation had changed in a way that he understood what the ultimate objective was, was to get on the objective. So he decided, I can't go right like I was told, I need to go left. And he can, he's authorized to make that decision. Now that comes with some risk, obviously, uh, right. but then leaders need to allow risk taking and not penalize subordinates for taking uh, uh, risks that are, that are reasonable. So back to my situation. Situation is paragraph one. And the situation for me uh, two years ago was, well, how am I going to communicate uh, to the next generation what I've learned in 50 years? Part of my approach was the book, because the book gives you a certain level of subject matter expertise uh, in a topic and credibility in a topic that not having a book would not allow you to have. Oh, absolutely. So I wrote the book and I got the book written in pretty short order, uh, less than four or five months, published in the spring of 2019. I retired in September of 2019. Uh, by the time I retired, it was already a number one bestseller on Amazon in five countries. I entered it in a number of contests. I won uh, awards in two of those contests. Uh, and then I used the book as sort of a knock, knock, knock. Uh, hi, my name's Craig Weldon. Uh, I like to talk about what I've learned in life and in, in leadership. I convey it in stories, just like I do in my book. Here's a copy of my book. Tell me if you're interested. And it has worked until the coronavirus hit. Um, I had uh, quite a number of uh, speaking engagements, either executed or planned, uh, coming up. Here's an example of uh, the plan not going right, because I, was, I had several speaking engagements planned in March and April, which didn't get executed uh, because of the coronavirus. They canceled the events. Right. And so yeah, now I'm yeah. trying to adapt to this new environment that says, okay, when will I be able to get on stage in front of a group of people in any number greater than 10 or 20? And I don't quite frankly know the answer to that question right now. Uh, right. So- Fragmentary uh, order, sir. Time to pick a frago, huh? A frago, and the frago is, okay, there are means to communicate, as we have seen during the coronavirus. Uh, people are doing it, and they're doing funny skits, uh, they're entertaining, 
or staying in touch with the family members. And I'm doing things like uh, this podcast with you today. There you go. Yeah. And there may be virtual meetings and conferences done in the future. Um, I've got a rotary presentation I'm going to do here in a couple of weeks. And they told me if we're not going to be doing it physically, we'll be doing it through Zoom. And Excellent. we still want, still want you to be a speaker. I said, sure. I know. I now know how to do Zoom. You know, six months ago, I didn't. Now I do. And uh, so there's a lot of tools in our kit bag that we can use to achieve the, uh, the, the end result, which for me, again, is to pass on 50 years of leadership and life lessons told in a very personal and compelling way sometimes to the next generation. And you can check out Major General Craig Weldon. Go to craigweldon.com, W-H-E-L-D-E-N, craigweldon.com. You can learn some of these valuable insights, but I just need to, here's a giant green flag that I'm hearing out there. You took your book, this is for other entrepreneurs that are trying to get out there as well, other business leaders that are trying to get out there. You took your book and you entered it in a contest. You took your book and it is the door knocker, dare I say it, the door kick in you know, that you can use in order to make entrance into these things. So that is a valuable insight as far as not just, hey, you wrote a book, that's great, but you entered it into multiple contests and yeah. 40 no's and one yes all of a sudden turns into a career. So right. that's outstanding right there. And for more insights, go to craigweldon.com. And you'll see what he's talking about. You can subscribe to it. He's, he's on iTunes in a variety of places. I've seen that as well as in videos. So make sure that you're checking out Major General Craig Weldon. And you have just heard his situation. What is the mission? Do you have a mission statement? You will yeah, do The mission it. is to pay. Yeah. To the extent that I'm able to pay forward 50 years of leadership and life lessons. Life lessons too. Not just leadership lessons. You know, I can talk to, when I look at a conference and say, is this, am I a suitable speaker for this conference? You know, to me, it doesn't matter whether it's a nurses association or concrete builders. My message is universal to everybody um, because it's about leadership and life and learning from the mistakes and the good things that uh, I've achieved in, in my life. But I do tell about it in my book and I tell about it in my presentation. Let me tell a quick story. When I was in Command General Staff College, which is a mid-level schooling for, for military officers in the, in the 80s, the Chief of Staff of the Army, who's a senior guy in the Army, came out to speak to us. And there were about seven or 800 students sitting in this large auditorium. And he took questions afterwards. And at the end, he, he said, uh, I'm happy to take any questions. And a major raised his hands and he said, sir, how do you define success in today's Army? And the chief staff of the army thought for a moment. He said, you know, most of you probably think I've been very successful. I'm a four-star general. I'm the chief of staff of the army. And we all thought, yeah, <laughs> of course he's been successful. And he said, but I can assure you that there are probably 10 or 11 other army four-star generals, contemporaries of mine that, that work for me right now, that if they were in my position, as the chief of staff of the army, and they retired from that position, they would be disappointed. And we all thought, how can that be? And he said, because a career in the military, a career in life, a career in the corporate world uh, is, particularly in a hierarchical organization, is like climbing a ladder. When you start off, you're standing at the bit bottom 
of the latter. For me, it was ROTC, Purdue University, 1973, I got commissioned. For you, it was boot camp at either uh, the West Coast or the East Coast. Right. And uh, you got your Eagle Globe and Anchor put into your hand uh, and you became a Marine. That's the first handle on that ladder that you grab. And after you achieve it and you've got that pride of you've got there, you look up and the t ladder is pretty high. For me, it was uh, very high. But the very top rung on an officer's ladder is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And if you don't get to the top of the ladder, if you don't become the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, you haven't reached every rung of the ladder. But while you're climbing that ladder, you become tired because you're climbing. It becomes harder because the rungs are further apart. Sometimes you have to jump to get to the next rung. <laughs> the air is thinner uh, because of the altitude and everybody has a last rung on their ladder. And for 99% of us, it's not the top rung on your ladder. So occasionally after I was a general in the army or a senior executive in the Marine Corps, I would counsel colonels who were retiring, some of whom were very disappointed by the fact that they didn't become a general. And I said to them, you have achieved such a tremendous uh, level uh, retiring as a colonel in the army or retiring as a colonel in the Marine Corps, you need to find another ladder. Put this behind you, look forward, and climb another ladder. Amen. The Chief of Staff of the Army said, I'm going to retire as the Chief of Staff of the Army, and I'm perfectly content doing that. But if I was disappointed and bitter because I didn't get to that next rung on the ladder, then I would carry that bitterness and disappointment with me potentially for years. And you don't wanna do that. You wanna find another ladder to climb. So I said to myself that day, I wanna be a battalion commander. If I can be a battalion commander, I will have achieved what I set out to do. And battalion command was several rungs on the ladder in front of me, and I was able to achieve that. But I told myself in 1984 that if I get to that point, um, I'm gonna be satisfied. Everything else after that is gravy. And I did get to that point. I did get past that point. And I reminded myself, everything after this is gravy. And when I finally left federal service last October, I started to climb a brand new ladder. And this was called being an author and a speaker. And I started at the bottom at age 67. Actually, age, yeah, 67. Um, so you're never too old to start over. And uh, for these colonels that were disappointed that they didn't become generals, I tell them, look forward, don't look back, find a new ladder to climb. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm Amen. climbing that ladder. Yeah, it's the God journey, for sharing as much that. as it is the destination. Well, and, and I appreciate you sharing that because there are so often times that there are military personnel who walk out. And I, I tell fellow military who become veterans, I said, look, the bravest thing you're ever going to do is leave the military. You know, it is our own little world to an extent, but bring yeah. whatever you can with you, right? Whatever you can't bring all your training. I mean, my goodness, you know, even though I tell you what, I tried this numerous times and every time I try to radio for a helicopter or an airplane to come drop bombs for me, I can't do it. You know, they just won't let me call for air anymore. But yeah. the knowledge and the know-how of being able to establish a process and communicate to get something like that done, bring that knowledge and know-how with you post-military. 
I mean, my goodness, you're doing it. You're bringing all of your knowledge and experience and everything. Go to craigweldon.com, people. If you are as interested in learning more about Major General Craig Weldon as I am, be sure to pick up his book. It starts with a book. It starts with gathering the valuable insights. You've heard me say this before. Read to learn. Read through a book with the intention of studying it, right in the margins, highlight things, just like we learned back in the day, but read through it with an intent and a purpose to be able to practically apply what is in the pages. And what I'm hearing right now from Craig Weldon at craigweldon.com is that there's plenty of valuable insights inside of that book that I am gonna be able to glean some wisdom, knowledge, and hopefully a little courage, strength, and hope that comes along with it. So in doing this and putting together your book and you talk through some of these different elements, along this journey, I got to ask you, what's been the most humbling experience post Yeah, <laughs> that's a great question because uh, when you're a retired general and people tell you you're flat on your butt, uh, you know, you, gotta, you have to swallow your pride and get some humility, particularly from people who really know what they were doing. So when I started writing my book, I actually wrote it myself. I didn't hire somebody to write it for me. And then I got done with a manuscript and it basically was a memoir of my life from about age 14 when I became an Eagle Scout, because that's the first time I discovered leadership until now. And it was kind of chronological running left to right. I got done, I had about 180 something pages and I decided I needed an editor and a publisher somebody to help me package it in such a way that I could get it across the finish line because I didn't have a clue how to publish a book. I found a fellow in California uh, and after doing a little bit of research on him, I decided he'd be a good person to, uh, to ask for help. And I said, will you review my manuscript and tell me what you think? He said, sure, for, a couple, for about $300, he did that. And when he got done, he came back to me and he said, nobody's gonna read this. <laughs> and I said, really? Why is that? He said, because it's a memoir. It's about your life and nobody knows who you are. He said, if your name was Michelle Obama or Amoroso, they would know who you are. They'd buy your memoir because they'd be fascinated because those are celebrities. Those are personalities. Some of them are famous. Some of them are infamous. But still, people will pick up a book that is written by somebody who has name recognition. You don't have any. I said, okay, well, I'm trying to reach, uh, here's what I'm trying to achieve. How do I get there? He said, this is an easy fix. Go through the book, find all those leadership nuggets that are there, and I read them, pull them out, make them chapter titles, then fold your storyline underneath them. So I turned a 14-chapter memoir into a 24-chapter leadership book through storytelling. One of my chapters is effective communications. And the point I make in there is that you can talk to a six-year-old or a 60-year-old, a Republican or a Democrat, a liberal or conservative, a male or female, an American or a foreigner. It doesn't matter who you're talking to. If you have a central message and you want to communicate it effectively, you may have to communicate that message differently to different people. So the, my starting point is, who am I talking to? Who am I trying to communicate to? How will they best receive my message? And then I communicate it to them in terms that they understand. Somebody once said, it do doesn't matter what you say that counts. It's not what you say that counts. It's what the other person hears. And so I told myself, I want to write a book that people are 
educated, motivated, and inspired by, and I want to write it in a John Grisham, James Patterson-like way in that they get to the end of a chapter, they want to turn the page and start another chapter. Right, sure. Storytelling is a way to do that. So I tell lots and lots of stories in my book, and I do lots and lots of stories in my presentations as well. You can get a taste of that. I've got a what they call a sizzle reel, which is a video sample reel on my website of me talking to various groups. Excellent. Yeah, go check out the sizzle reel. You'll see what's going on. And then you'll definitely be more motivated to purchase the book and start the journey there. Is that really, if, if I'm a business leader out here, if I'm a leader in general, where would you have me start my journey? Get the book, check out the talks. What do you think? Well, you can sort of do both. I've got about 10 podcasts on my website. Uh, the book is available on Amazon in print, in digital form, and audible in audiobook. Uh, so I know different people have different means of learning. Uh, no matter how you approach it, the book is through storytelling. And if you listen to me, uh, I tell stories to make my points like I'm doing today. Uh, let me tell you another quick story, and this one's a quick one. The title of the book is uh, Leadership, the Art of Inspiring People to Be Their Best. And so I've got a short vignette in there about a three-star general that I once worked for. He was the consummate gentleman, never raised his voice in anger, never cursed, never said anything disparaging about anybody. He was just unbelievable. Uh, and some people would say, how did this guy ever become a general? He's such a nice guy. He was also very, very talented and very, very bright. And a colonel came up to me one day and he said, you know, General so-and-so is the toughest guy I have ever worked for. And I thought, really? Why is that? And he said, because I never wanted to disappoint him. And I knew exactly what he meant. Oh, that. absolutely. Yeah. Thought, Boy, you hit the nail on the head. If an organization, this is a three-star general that had probably forty to 50,000 soldiers in his organization. Most of them, certainly the senior leaders that reported directly to him and knew him well, they woke up every morning thinking, how can I do my job the best possible way so that I don't disappoint the boss? And if you have that kind of inspirational leadership, you've got a very powerful organization. Amen. That's so fantastic. Get more of this inspiring talk. Go to craigweldon.com, get the book, get motivated, hire the Major General Craig Weldon to come in and speak with your audiences. And so in closing today, as we start to wrap things up, I, we've talked a lot about your website and about how people can go and check you out in general. How can someone connect with you? Well, there's a number of ways. I'm on LinkedIn. I have about 4,200 people that I'm connected to and growing on a daily basis. I'm happy to connect with people on LinkedIn. If you go to my website, there's a contact page where you can send me a message. It's info at craigweldon.com. Um, and you just type Craig Weldon into Google, you'll find me. <laughs> uh, it's, I'm an easy person to find, an easy person to connect with. And one of the things I take great pride in is my responsiveness. If people reach out to me, even if I don't agree or don't really want the services, you're going to get a response from me quickly. I used to tell people that work for me, if you don't hear from me within eight hours, then you didn't connect with me. 
I didn't right. get your message because I will respond. And so if people are interested in connecting with me, I'm, I'm happy to get connected through one of those means. So there you go. If you're a fellow motivated business leader out there and you're looking to connect with Major General Craig Weldon, that's W-H-E-L-D-E-N, go research right now. Go to your favorite search engine out there. Go on LinkedIn, connect. We are connections on LinkedIn. And I hope that we stay in touch and continue to grow each other's network as both of our businesses continue to grow as adjacent units. So you're you right. definitely have an adjacent unit in fiveparagraph.com. And I really do appreciate you coming in here, sharing your insights and sir, God bless you for your service. I well, thank for yours as well. Uh, the day after Memorial Day, uh, when we recognize the service and sacrifice of so many people that came before us and, and gave the ultimate price, uh, it's a pleasure always to talk to a fellow veteran. Well, thank you, sir. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the 5P Podcast. You can get all of our interviews in audio form on the podcast. That's iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM. Subscribe, rate, review. If you're watching our clips that are out there on YouTube, the full video is inside of the 5P Inner Circle. You've heard me say it before. Go to 5paragraph.com. Use the military management method. We have a 30-day free trial going on right now. You can get into the inner circle, get all of the resources, get all of these valuable insights on the full interview uninterrupted. Go to fiveparagraph.com right now. I really do appreciate you all paying attention through this full episode. There's plenty of stories to be had. I think we're going to have to invite the general back on here at some point in time in the not-too-distant future. But thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for giving us your reviews. We appreciate you out there. We are grateful for you. So go ahead, click like, click subscribe, rate, review the podcast, check out fiveparagraph.com. Keep listening, keep sharing. And until next time, take care and be well.